Welcome to the Publication Podcast. I am your host, Beloved Menace. Cue the music. Over the last four years, I spent time photographing bike couriers in Calgary. I even went so far as to embed myself in their world, worked alongside them, drank and partied with them. I definitely was a tourist in their world, but I had a shit ton of fun being a part of the whole program. It was an honor. It really was. My introduction to this world was a dude they called Scary Carrie. I met him outside of Bankers Hall on a brisk October day in 2017. He was only too keen for me to photograph his bike and him on it. The skinny, crazy looking dude all decked out in camouflage and discontent. He was rocking a hybrid BMX fixie Frankenbike. The photos were just too good. We got to chatting and I was actually really surprised that Curry's existed in Calgary. It turned out they used to have a huge population. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The decline of the bike couriers in Calgary. So it was a spring day in 2018 when I decided to hop on a bike for the first time in 20 years and go bashing around downtown traffic to get some photo ops along the way. When I got down there, I ended up actually doing more photographing than courier work. At first, I thought these well-established guys had been down here forever. Obviously, they're going to get the work first, bottom of the totem pole and so forth. But after a while, it became apparent there was more to this. There was actually a massive decline in the bike courier work over a short period of time. And then conversely, I observed that there was more commuter bikes on the road in Calgary than ever before. They even have a counter on 5th Street showing the massive surge in commuter bikes. This just didn't add up. How did a rise in bicycle culture occur while the bike courier trade takes an all-out nosedive? And how is that all taking place at the same time? I did some investigating to see if other cities were experiencing the same thing. It turns out the complete opposite was occurring. Bike couriers across Canada and globally have been on the rise. Since the start of the pandemic and a call for climate change actions, bike couriers have been in demand more than ever. The rise of the electric bikes and cargo bikes allowed FedEx to roll out its first bike couriers this year. Canada Post did the same thing in Montreal. Yet somehow, the bike courier numbers in Calgary went from hundreds to a handful in less than a decade. So, what gives here? This is making no sense. I needed to get some opinions from the members of the community, as well as the couriers themselves, to see what this was all about. We'll start with the rise of bike culture in YYC. What's the haps with that, yo? (laughs) I had a chance to sit down with Christy Wu. She owns Ryoko Urban Bikeware and Workshop. I wanted to get her take on that rise. She's been an advocate for bicycle culture all across Canada. She's also a fashion designer. And she definitely had some good opinions. Here's her take. I feel very positive about it. I think that currently there's, you know, I I see things being built uh, from the initial cycling strategy. And I actually haven't been involved in advocacy for a few years. But I do see things being built. I do see more people cycling. I, I feel like when... I started in the, I guess, 2009, 2010. I felt like we were a very tight-knit group of people. Like I I knew a lot of people in the cycling community and now there's so many people, which I think is an amazing sign. I do think there, there can be more done. Just, I mean, we just had an election here. So just like reading platforms and seeing like what in Ward 8, uh, the councillor Courtney Wilcott was proposing. There's change to be made and it's good change. Um, and cycling is part of that. So I think it's great, but I do definitely think it starts with the citizen. That was my, how, you know, I started. That's how I got engaged. And I think that collectively we can continue to create change. 
and continue to bring cycling to the forefront. And I think the more cyclists, the better it is for pedestrians, the better it is for like skateboarders, the better it is for everybody. I mean, it creates community, right? It gets us out of cars so and gets us um, interacting with each other. So many different things. So I think the landscape's good. I think it uh, needs to continue to grow. And I think we have a great city council that will move in these directions. Oh, that's awesome, Christy. While I had her attention, I also wanted to get a female perspective on bike culture. Here's what she had to say. So I think my perspective might be a little different. Like, I was never, like, a timid cyclist. I was in Toronto riding my, my Raleigh cruiser down Yonge Street with my courier friends sometimes, who their fashion was so on point. I just, I have a memory of, like, they were racing down and I was following them. I didn't have an idea that it was dangerous because they were ahead of me. I remember also being at somebody's house and, like, flipping through, you know, like, the, the big blue book and like not knowing anything about biking, but just loving the pictures and then eventually starting to fix my bike. And so I guess female perspective, I think that cycling is definitely a gateway to independence. It's definitely a gateway into uh, self, well, I guess like historically it's it's self-determination. I think that it still gives, it gave me that joy and that ability to be out later at night and not have to worry about being on the streets, which we shouldn't have to worry about anyways, but these are the times we live in. I think it allowed me to wear heels and go dance all night, get it back on my bike in my heels, and go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. But also, too, when I started Ryoko, it was very interesting because I don't know, I didn't realize that it was going to start all these conversations around infrastructure and safety about how to get, how to navigate a city. Um, I, and I had all these same sort of experiences, but I, I guess I just didn't even realize it was a conversation somehow. Like I, I just thought that more women would get on bikes if we had better clothes, but more women will get on bikes if infrastructure is more intact. Yeah, so I guess that's my input. The more women and families and everyday people cycling, it's an indicator that infrastructure is better. Thanks for that perspective as well. Really appreciate it. I also had the privilege to talk to Weston Covert, who is a co-owner of Bike and Brew up in Bridgeland. Here's his take on the rise of bike culture in YYC. I feel the infrastructure being built in Calgary for cycling has been awesome. Uh, it's been something that, you know, for us, uh, picking Bridgeland as a location to have Bike and Brew, it was essential with the, the cycling infrastructure that was there and the cycling infrastructure to come, which was the cycle track uh, network, which is now permanent. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and on First Ave, it's a bike share road. So we definitely um, feel that the cycling infrastructure that existed before uh, was great and everything that's coming that you see that the city's been you know putting in more bike lanes in downtown making them so that they're separated uh, it's it's increased ridership and it's been something that you know for for our business uh, is only going to help uh, and for everyone else uh, you know getting out on a bike whether it's been your you've been doing it forever or your first time out you're going to feel a lot more safe to get out there and do it. So it's, it's a great investment in the city. So it really has been a citywide initiative to build bike-friendly infrastructure. That in large part came from the community member advocacy. And let's be really honest here, hipsters did their part too. Now what is the community perspective without at least one representative from the beer community and the music community? What's that? Oh, we got both. In the same guy. Ha. Huh. Well then, hashtag winning as the kids say. Here's Turner from the band Woodhawk and 88 Brewing with his take. Uh, so I was born and raised in Toronto for the most part. I moved to Calgary when I was 12 with my mom and we lived right over by Canada Olympic Park and they had the downhill and all the 
mountain bike tracks through there. So growing up and kind of being new to the city, all I did was mountain bike. We also talked about Paris, France becoming a 100% cycling city in the next four years. We wondered if Calgary could do the same. I don't know if Calgary has an, <laughs> has an open enough mind to going full bike. I think there's a lot of people who fought on bike lanes a lot just to get it to where it is. But I think there's sometimes a very old school conservative mentality. We still got a lot of trucks on the road and they're still growing in mass numbers. I don't know if we'd see the number of bikes on the road to really make that kind of dent. I would love to be optimistic and say Calgary could do it, but I just deep down don't think Calgary would. I think Toronto or Vancouver would do it before Calgary would. I think Edmonton would do it before Calgary would. I have to concur entirely. Calgary definitely struggles progressively at times. But we did find out the first bike lane infrastructure is actually 35 years old, with Calgary Parks installing bike paths all over the city. Well, I reckon it's time to get after the courier decline. I wanted to find out where it was in the heyday and then get a sense of the decline to see what happened in Calgary. So I first talked to old man Dan to get that aged perspective of someone who is basically older than the bike and may actually be older than time itself. Here's what he had to say. So what's your bike's name? I don't have a name for my bike. You don't have to name your bike. <laughs> the oldest bike in history. Come on, man, that bike is... That's the longest serving career we'll call it bike T-Rex. T-Rex. Oh, get yeah, me. We are into we are oh, come on. No. T-Rex. <laughs> the bike and Just old man Dan's bike. Old man Dan's bike. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so I started in the bike courier industry. I started driving in 94. Hard to say when the heyday was, but it's definitely on decline now because People are sending, the things that people want delivered by, they want physical things delivered are packages and larger packages and bike messengers are not necessarily geared for that. Although, you know, we've talked about it. Some of the newer companies, the older companies are adapting. Some of the bigger name global courier companies are getting into the game now. To be honest with you, because let's face it, i use an example. To, to send something to Airdrie by FedEx, 26 bucks or something like that. They're paying the same price to send something by FedEx to Foothills Industrial, yeah, right from down here. So, you think they're going to start cutting their prices so much? When bike messengers, the lowest-paying bike messengers down here, some of the deliveries are less than three dollars for two-hour deliveries, and that's uh, some of the bigger companies, bigger bike messenger companies. So you have to understand, people are really, and they they get a portion. They only get a portion of what they're doing. So, but you, there was a time when you made good money. The oil companies didn't care what they spent, but yeah. as times hit them hard, they started to care what they spent. And a guy I talked to, he was a uh, CEO in one of the companies, and he basically said, when the price of oil is up, people screw them. And when the price of oil is down, they get their screw back. We also had to stop by Joe's garage to see what Joe had to say about this whole fiasco. Joe owns the bicycle repair shop down by the river. That actually used to be a van down by the river. It sounds like it's not busy enough now to keep you busy, as busy as you want to be. But when it was that, when there was enough business to keep you going, you know, if you felt like really going hard one day, you could just ride like a maniac. And, you know, hearing from other people, mainly that the heyday was done. For me, it felt quite busy compared to Toronto. There was a higher volume of business. Maybe that's not quite right, but because 
The business district is so much more compact than it is in Toronto. It'd be doing 60 or 70 deliveries rather than, whereas in Toronto it would be, a busy day would be 45. So it was much more about efficiency. It would ebb and flow a bit with the price of oil, being much more of a one industry town. That was something I noticed. Bit by bit, there was less and less work overall and fewer and fewer couriers on the road. I'm a bit of an outsider to the Calgary scene and I really don't, I didn't see the, the decline from the peak, but I could definitely tell things were slowing down as the years went on. The kinds of things that, that bike messengers would normally deliver, you know, sort of, yeah, legal papers that have to be served or, you know, delivered at a certain point or very quickly, uh, more and more of that stuff would have been handled with email. And more and more businesses are getting, becoming comfortable with using electronic means of banking, for instance, or doing legal work that had to be done in person before. And then wouldn't you believe it? Tyler showed up. My God, how did we get so lucky? Here's Tyler's take. I think in other cities, there's a lot of diversification and, you know, opportunities for, you know, bikes to take advantage of other kind of markets. I think one of the main reasons that there's not a lot of bike couriers, I was just kind of talking to my friend and he was saying there's probably maybe 20 couriers. Back when I was a courier, I did a poster and I drew 50 of them. You know, in the last year and a half, you know, COVID's really just down businesses and people are, are working from home. So I think that has a lot to do with why there's no bike couriers downtown anymore. I think I got to bring Weston from Bike and Brew back into the conversation. He had some interesting things to say about what he's seen in the decline as a bike store owner. Yeah, we've definitely felt a decline within the bike couriers uh, we've seen coming in Bike and Brew uh, in, in the recent uh, year or so. It's definitely where you notice it is in the weekdays, um, in the middle of winter, when you would definitely see, you know, couriers coming in, getting their bike serviced. Uh, ultimately, what we all know, uh, COVID happening, you know, and also the the fact that the Calgary core uh, with oil and gas and whatnot has seen a, a massive decline in the amount of you know offices and, and people running there that there's just you know less of a need for for the couriers uh, with within the businesses that are down there uh, so it's it's definitely uh, tough. Well, I think it's safe to say that Calgary as a city is in transition for sure. The rise of technology and the decline of oil and gas really is a perfect storm to take couriers off the road. The only questions left are. Will the couriers survive? And will they rise again? Here is everyone we talked to all blended into one long, extensive clip so I can go take a coffee break. I mean, you know, lawyers and, you know, oil and gas industries, they're always going to want to do deposits at banks. And I think that was one of the main kind of money makers that bike couriers do have is running to the bank for lawyers. Because for a bike courier to run to the bank, it costs a hell of a lot less than sending the lawyer to go deposit checks or anyone from the office. So I think there's always going to be an opportunity for bike couriers to do like really quick deliveries because there's no replacing the ability to move something from one office to another in 15 minutes like a, a car company probably could do it but it's much more likely that a bike courier could get something from one place to another in 10 minutes within a downtown core in some places you know having food delivery in the downtown core makes sense not so much in calgary or not as much as in other places i think fewer people live right downtown here than in other big cities where it can work there's always going to be room for some bike messengers and whether it gets back to where it was say in the late 80s early 90s i don't know it seems seems unlikely now but things could change again no one ever hacks a bike messenger how many companies get hacked 
keep yourself secure. Don't go online. Send it by bike messenger. I do think there's opportunity for the bike couriers in Calgary. You know, I'm optimistic that you know we'll get we'll get things back. The city center will fill up again, and you know there's going to be lots of opportunities for the couriers out there to make those trips because they can do them faster than than a lot of people can. Uh, from the delivery services with having vehicles uh, and also you know now the the green effect that people are seeing of you know maybe getting a courier is better than getting you know a van to come and pick it up for you you know I've even used a courier to courier flowers to my wife once so you know there's there's always those uh, those opportunities that uh, that I do think is it's going to come back with the way Calgary kind of added more bike lanes and stuff than most cities and really expanded on that for commuter biking there's definitely places bikes can access that vehicles can't yeah. and that's a huge thing that i mean i can't park because of a bike lane i have no problem with because i use them as commuter bike lanes all the time but as a work service there's definitely times where that would be so much easier to get down a certain road yeah. or go somewhere with a bike I get the feeling that we can safely conclude the rise of technology also created the cargo bike. Infrastructure on the roadways are creating safer avenues for everyone. It feels like time and patience will see the bike couriers come back downtown. It will change, however. They definitely have a long road ahead of them. Thankfully, they have some bikes to ride that road with. The day of the fixie messenger may be over, but the rise of the cargo bike in the food delivery may just be the beginning. The new beginning. Many thanks and massive props to Christy, Tyler, Joe, Dan, Weston, and Turner for being a part of this. Check out the description for their links. Check out thepublication.ca and subscribe to get full documentary, featured guests, and don't forget to check out the events page for all that's happening in Calgary in real time. And to all of you out there in podcast land, thank you for tuning in to our first podcast at The Publication. If you want to support us even further, check out our Kickstarter page. Link is also in the description. Thank you all and stay frosty.